DJ and PK brought to you in part by Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Time to welcome in David Nixon, his weekly visit, BYU TV football analyst, former Cougar linebacker, David, good morning. What is going on, guys? Well, that is what I want to ask you, because, you know, before news breaks officially, you can sometimes hear things unofficially. You know, there's a few whispers before people start shouting. Just wondering if you're hearing anything about potential games or if it's totally quiet, news blackout, nothing cooking. It's a little bit of both. Uh, you know, obviously no games been announced, not a lot of rumblings. What I do know is that Tom Homo sent out uh, 10 plus contracts to teams and, and nobody's willing to play us. So um, he's trying and, and you feel for him. This is a hard time in the season to try to pick up games when, you know, people are still dealing with COVID. Others are trying to protect their, their records and uh, it's, just, it's just a big mess out there. So he's trying. It's not like he's sitting on the sidelines just tooling his thumbs. He's out there trying to pick up games, but nobody's willing to play BYU. So. Uh, we'll see if, if there's a late cancellation that BYU could pick up late this week. But as we sit today on Wednesday, it's looking like BYU probably won't have a game this Saturday. So we've seen over the years that teams and coaches have politicked to get themselves in, whether it was the BCS Bowl games or now the New Year's Six. You know, they didn't win their conference or whatever it might be, but they still went to town to campaign. Do you think that the Cougars – a will, which probably is no, they won't. But should they then, if it comes out they beat Santa State and they don't get anybody to bite and play them, do you think at that point they because they could have a week uh, at least before the season ends and the committee meets to put out its final rankings? If they don't play that final week, they would have played the week before. So if they go 10-0 and zero and they don't get any takers, spend that week then campaigning. Hey, listen, man, we did everything we could, and teams wouldn't play us. What do you want us to do? We were willing, but nobody would play us. Spend that time campaigning then. Put the word out there. 100%. I mean, what do you have to lose, right? I mean, if you're, if you're Tom Hobo and you're colliding, you're going on air and going on record and saying, we tried to play people, but they wouldn't play us, and what is there to lose? Uh, especially if you're not calling specific teams out, but – uh, but right. to that point, listen, yeah, we still have two or three more weeks of the season left, um, especially with cancellations. They might try to make them up later. Uh, you know, there's still a lot to be played out here. I know BYU fans are thrilled with the number 13 ranking, uh, but then you start to go down the list and the teams in front of BYU and who they still have to play. I mean, for example, Indiana has to play Wisconsin this week without Indiana's quarterback, their star quarterback, who's now out for the season. Uh, and so you know, that's most likely a loss. So all of a sudden they drop, um, and then you just keep going down from I – mean, uh, Miami's got to play North Carolina here in a, a week or two. I think it's next week. Uh, they play Duke this week. And North Carolina is ranked 17th, right? So there's a potential loss. And so there's going to be some teams that lose in front of BYU. And that's what Barta said, uh, the Costwell Playoff Committee chair said yesterday. Uh, if, you, if you notice, he, he said, listen, really the only way for BYU to move up is if they play somebody worth anything. Uh, or two, you just got to hope for teams are afraid to lose. And I'm on the, uh, the optimistic side that I think there's going to be some of these teams in front of BYU that are going to lose, like we saw um, this past week with uh, with the Northwestern loss and then drop below BYU. So there's still a lot of reshuffle to go. I know it feels like two or three weeks isn't that long to determine the season, but as we've seen, I mean, things move quickly with college football. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if some of these teams in front of BYU take an L and, and BYU just kind of slowly moves up 
and somehow this is not top ten. I mean, it's only three spots away. But uh, but in the meantime, it's painful. I mean, it is. It's almost like every Tuesday, Dewey fans have to relive this whole ranking thing. It's like ripping the bandaid off every time, every Tuesday at five o'clock, and seeing where that BYU's not moving much, uh, despite what the national media is saying. I mean, you you've seen the ESPN guys go on record, and they're vouching for BYU, saying they should be you know ranked much higher. But obviously, the community doesn't see it that way. But uh, you know, BYU is a sits right now. You take care of business against San Diego State. Uh, you go out there and campaign a little bit, and you hope some teams are playing lose, and hopefully you find yourself in the top ten here in the next three weeks or so. Okay. <clears throat> Man, I, I got, like, multiple things to say off that answer, but let's just start with this one. I think they should campaign, and they've got a relationship with ESPN, and you can literally – they don't even want you to fly to Bristol, right? They, they want to uplink you from BYU TV. So that Tom Homo, at, at most he's got to walk across a parking lot or down a flight of stairs. I mean, they will – you're right there. But I just can't see him doing multiple live shots with uh, Scott Van Pelt on SportsCenter and with Stephen A. Smith on, on uh, Take Two. I mean – I, I just I just can't see it. Well, here here's here's my thing. I think Tom, with this being kind of real, I'm, last week Thanksgiving was a mess because the players were leaving and they pretty much figured they're gonna have a week off. So this is really Tom's first week to really try to put a game together. And obviously, it's not looking great right now, but at least he's doing the work. And so now when he does go campaign, he's not lying on on you know with in front of a national audience with the media and saying, hey, we can you know we tried to make it work, we could make it work. No, he's actually putting the work this week, and so now he's got. Uh, evidence that he went out there and tried to get games and obviously he couldn't. And so now he can go to the media and, um, you know, vouch for that. So, uh, yeah, I, I get it. I think, listen, this year with, with how big these payouts are in the New Year's Six, and, and as we've seen, BYU's in a shortfall of $20 million, uh, they understand what's at risk and what's at stake. And I, I, can, I can assure you they're going to probably try to do everything possible. Now, granted, obviously it's not BYU's, uh, kind of objective and goal to go out there and campaign for themselves is just not kind of in their nature, and it's not in Tom's nature. Right. But but with everything at risk and with the money at play uh, and with the team that Billy's put together this year, I, I could see them really making a push here in the next few weeks. But but once again, you got to put in the work now. So when you do go in front of the in front of the media, uh, you're telling the truth and saying, yeah, we really did try to sign up ten plus teams and nobody would play us. It was you know we, we did our we did our side of the bargain. Now we try to reward us for our at least our attempt. So 10-plus years ago when BYU went to go independent, the big thing was exposure. If you use that as the barometer, then could you argue this season already has been a smashing success because the exposure they got with all the ESPN and Urban Meyer on Fox and various media all over the place campaigning for them, it seems like BYU has never been talked about more. 100%. And we've always said that with independence, right? I mean, you have to win in independence to get the exposure and to be relevant. And, and BYU, back when you had Taysom and Jamal early, you know, in Derek Kalani's areas last year, uh, you know, that was a dynamic duo. Obviously, the, you know, the ball didn't roll their way in a certain game, so they weren't as relevant. Um, but when you're independent and you're playing on ESPN every week and you're winning and you're now ranked, uh, it, it goes to plan. And this is exactly what you want to see with independent. And, and look, listen, you guys have probably mentioned on your show, but look at the recruiting. I mean, BYU would have picked up uh, DeMuni and Logan Fano from Tempview, two big recruits, and we're able to kind of lock them down. And I think you're starting to see a little bit of this wave of, of kids taking note and, uh, you know, also seeing Kalani and, and how lively he's been this season. I mean, it's been fun on our BYU TV postgame uh, when we interview him after games. And you can tell the guy's just, he's loving life. 
Uh, and I think it's, he, he's created that culture within the program where everyone's bought in. Uh, and, and when you have that type of culture, then that's a winning culture. And people would love to come to work, right? The players love to come to practice uh, because you, you not only are you winning, but you also have that culture you build. So um, it's contagious and it's fun to watch, you know, this, this current team, but also watch the recruits starting to catch on and, and hopefully you can kind of ride this wave of momentum. Obviously it helps to have a, a quarterback like Zach Wilson and most likely he goes pro, but um, you know, th- this is what you try to build upon where you've got guys in the wings waiting to take over the guys that leave spot and uh, have them prepared and, you kind of build that program and just keep riding that success. So uh, I'm I'm totally with PK on the exposure thing. If you're if BYU's in a conference, they're not playing Navy in the only game on Labor Day night. You know that that game can only happen because you're independent. If you'd been in the Mountain West or if you're in the Pac-12, the leagues are shut down and you're not playing. So there's a huge benefit there. Now the other thing that happens as an independent is you don't play on the conference title weekend. And BYU should catch the loser of the Big 12 title game. I think that's going to be Iowa State-Oklahoma. So they pick up a spot there. But Oklahoma State's at 15, and presumably they won in the New Year's Six and need a big-time win to, to climb. I'm wondering if BYU could get a game with them or a team like Texas A&M that is fifth and probably wants to be in the top four and might need one more win to make their case, you know, depending on how the Notre Dame-Clemson game plays out in the ACC title game. Do you think there's any chance to get any of those teams? Do you hear anything about that? Is Tom working those angles? Or you don't know? You know, I haven't heard anything about those angles, but I've had the exact same thought. I mean, if there's any year where you obviously can go schedule a game the week of or shoot three days before, uh, then it's this year. And, uh, yeah, if you're the Big 12, if you're the ACC, any of these teams that you've got a team on the fringe and within, like, you know, the 15 to maybe 18 spot, and you want to try and improve their, their ranking to try to give in at that large bid, then, yeah, why not take on BYU? And, of course, as a, as a BYU fan, you, you understand you've got to strengthen your schedule, and so you'll play anybody. Um, so I, I agree. I, I thought the same thing. Why not let this kind of play out, and all of a sudden the teams that aren't in the championship game or that lose, you try to sneak in one last game before the committee makes their minds up. So um, I think – listen, I think that's the reason this year is kind of frustrating for BYU fans is because any other year it's like, hey, the schedule's set. Yeah, I mean, you can't really do anything about the schedule. We can't go schedule people all the week of. Um, and I think people are content with that. But, but now Monday, Tuesday rolls around of any given week, and, and BYU fans are on eggshells refreshing Twitter every 20 seconds, wondering, <laughs> hey, is, is, there, is there some type of announcement out there? Did Tom Homo schedule a game? And it's just, I think it almost is more painful in that sense because you're just on, uh, you know, just sitting on the edge of your seat trying to see if, if you can schedule some type of game that week. So, um, you know, it is what it is, but I, I can confirm that Tom has sent out contracts to over 10-plus teams, and, and just nobody's willing to step up to the plate right now, which, man, I can only understand how frustrating it would be for Tom. And, and not only for Tom, but it's Kalani and these players, right? I mean, this is a team that's, that's felt like they've been slapped in the face a little bit with this ranking. I mean, they're, they're number eight in both polls with, with everyone else across the country, and all of a sudden they find themselves five spots back with these, you know, this committee, per se. And so I think these guys want to get back on the field ASAP to prove that they're worthy of a top-ten ranking, but – uh, obviously it's tough to do that when nobody else will step up to the plate and play it. So they do have San Jose State next week. Uh, assume they win, they go 10-0, and zero, and then we'll see about the bowl. And just for sake of argument, the committee doesn't really budge them enough to move into this New Year's Day 6. And so the New Year's Day 6 has become the ultimate goal here for the next few weeks. With that in mind, if that is really the end point that you want, 
Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure that it is, but it's here now and you want it. But if you want it all the time or have the opportunity to be it all the time and you don't get it now, when are you ever going to get it? So brings up the question, should they consider the Mountain West or AAC? Because then they can get an automatic bid if they run the table and take care of business. Yeah, I mean, there'll be a good case study, right? If, if you can't get into near six as an independent at 10-0, um, but you could have as a as a G5 winner, uh, then maybe, yeah, it, it begs the question of whether you go back. I mean, listen, I've, I've been on record that you've got to stay independent. I mean, if, if for recruiting purposes alone, if Colin goes into Raider DeMuni and, and Logan Fano's homes and says, hey, we're in the Mountain West, but we're, you know, year in and year out, we're at the top and, and we're winning the Mountain West to come play for us. And also the next day, uh, you've got Kyle Whittingham goes in the same homes and says, look, we're in the Pac-12, come play for us. I mean, it's a no-brainer at that point, right? At least Kalani at this point has a little bit of a pitch when he goes in those kids' homes and says, listen, yeah, we're not in a conference. We're not buying for a conference championship, but we are playing on ESPN and, and ABC primetime uh, every week. And, and, and your parents, your family, everyone across the country can see you. And, and, oh, wait, we're also playing in NFL stadiums as we see BYU kicking off against Arizona next year. They played in FedEx Stadium. They played in you know, uh, the Patriots game all over the place. Uh, and, and so there's, there's a little bit of a lure there, a little bit of pitch that you can give. But the second you go to the Mountain West, there's not much of a pitch. I mean, you're, you're, you're trying to compete with the Pac-12, and obviously uh, it is what it is. So, you know, I, I'm a firm believer you got to stay independent. But, but to your point, listen, if they, if they can't get in the New Year's Six this year, undefeated with the players they have, the Heisman hopeful, all the hype that's been around them, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't know, I don't know really when you could make it into the New Year's Six. Um, and, so, and so you've got to probably open your eyes a little bit and look at the AAC option or look at some type of hybrid with the Mountain West where at least you still maybe have your same TV contract, but you can still play, you know, you still play within the conference. You know, I, there might be some arrangement there. But, um, yeah, it's just, a, uh, it's just a tough year. And it, I think that's a bummer, and we've, we've talked about this as well, right? This, this BOU team, it would have been so fun to see them stack up against this, the original schedule. And not only the original schedule, but the teams haven't turned out to be, you know, Minnesota hasn't turned out to be the Minnesota that we thought they'd be. Um, and, and, of course, the youth are now in a rebuilding year. Uh, and, and you've got, you know, the teams of Michigan State's not near as good as, as you know, they, they have been in the past. And so, I don't know. I mean, it would be, it'd be an interesting schedule to see them play out. But uh, obviously it is what it is. And we're at where we're at right now. But um, fingers crossed that things kind of play out. I'm still optimistic. I'm still optimistic the teams are from will fall. They'll, They'll, uh, they'll tumble and, and BYU will find themselves in the top ten. But if they don't and they find themselves, I think Brett McMurphy put out the, uh, the bowl projection. I think it was BYU like in the New Mexico Bowl or something against San Jose State. I mean, what a disappointment, right? Um, <laughs> and and uh, that would be a huge letdown. But, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's college football. You just kind of chalk it up to a crazy COVID year and move on. The New Mexico Bowl in uh, suburban Dallas in Frisco. So – Really, if you're going to play San Jose, yeah, there's, there's got to be a high school field in Elko. Just meet them there. Yeah, it all makes sense. Halfway year. there. Yeah. New Mexico Bowls in Florida or Dallas, <laughs> wherever you want to put it. Throw, throw it anywhere you want. So uh, the question of the day for us has been, uh, of the teams in front of BYU, how many of them could BYU beat? You watch some of these teams, you're watching football on a Saturday, you look at some of them and think, definitely win, definitely lose, I don't know, feels like a toss-up. You know, uh, I'm looking at it right now. I, I think Oklahoma's playing solid right now. I mean, they took a couple of L's early in the season. But uh, Indiana, without their quarterback, I think they're obviously very beatable. Even at Georgia, actually. Georgia, uh, their best win against an Auburn team is 5-3. I mean, yeah. it, 
uh, they're, they're Georgia. Don't get me wrong, but and they got a, they've got a good defense. But at the end of the day, they haven't been that impressive this year. Um, then of course Iowa State. You, we, that's been well documented. Their first game there, losing to Louisiana. So I, I think listen, I think this is a BYU team that um, you know, as we see, if they come out focused, they can put up points in a hurry against a team like Boise State. And we saw in the second half against Houston. And so yeah, when you when you have an explosive offense like BYU has, you can really hang with anybody in the country. Uh, and then, and then, frankly, you have a, a defense uh, that BYU has. It, listen, they they tended to kind of bend. They don't quite break. Um, uh, but then they've also stepped up to create turnovers, and, and they're, they are a defense that flies around and makes plays. Uh, and you kind of add all that together. And then in special teams, you've got Jake Overmore, who still hasn't missed a field goal this season. Uh, and so you, you've got this combination of a team that uh, I think they can wreak some havoc, especially on all these teams in front of them. So, you know, I, I don't think those, those top four, I think BYU would struggle with, even the top five, frankly, A&M. Uh, and on, uh, but anybody below there, Cincinnati, Georgia, Iowa State, Miami, Oklahoma, and Indiana, I, I don't see why BYU wouldn't be favored or uh, at least have a really good shot against those teams. And I think that's the frustrating part, right? Once again, BYU up in the face of the ranking, and there's zero way they can go out there and prove it right now. And BYU's trying desperately to prove it, and you can't have anybody step up to the plate. So it's, uh, it's, it's a frustrating time, I think, for not only Tom Homo and Kalani and the team, but for fans also. Well, David, we appreciate a few minutes as always. Thanks for joining us, and we will uh, talk to you next week, and I think we will just have the uh, image of people hitting refresh on Twitter every 20 seconds uh, stuck in our mind now. Yeah, let's, let's root for the teams in front of BYU to lose this week so they keep climbing the polls. How about that? Thanks, David. Okay, thanks, guys.